0: Hi friend, this is Alex McGrobs, founder of The Mindful Life Practice, and you're listening to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast. I'm a Canadian who moved across the world to the Middle East at age 23, and I never went back. I got sober in 2019, and I now live full-time in Bali, Indonesia. I've made it my mission to help other women around the world stop drinking, start yoga, and change their lives through my online Sober Girls Yoga community. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. Hello, hello, yogis. Welcome back to another episode of Sober Yoga Girl. It is Wednesday, June the 22nd. I am recording this episode from this kind of like side of the highway motel in like suburban Vancouver (laughs) <laughs> um, I came out here to British Columbia for a wedding, which was in Squamish, BC, which was just outside of the city of Vancouver. And it was really wonderful to spend time with friends from high school, friends from university, catch up with people that I hadn't seen in like a decade. So that was really nice. And then I came down to suburban Vancouver and I've been here for a couple of days visiting with family and friends. I am going to be heading down into the city today and spending some time in like downtown Vancouver, checking things out. And then I am off to Mexico on the weekend for the first ever Mindful Life Practice, Mexico Manifestation Retreat. And we have 12 women joining from the Mindful Life Practice community from all over the world. So it's going to be absolutely amazing to meet in real life. So that's kind of what I'm up to, what I've been up to. I wanted to just do a quick episode. I've fallen behind on podcast episode recording. I've fallen behind on everything because I've just been all over the place trying to kind of get a handle on things. Like I feel like the mindful life practice and sober yoga girl and sober girls yoga boomed and grew really, really quickly. And I feel like I got to the point where I was kind of overwhelmed with this huge, it's like almost like this empire that's been built all of a sudden. And all of a sudden I'm like managing people and managing WhatsApp and managing this huge team when it's like, what I really wanted to do was just teach yoga and connect with people and change their lives and help people become sober. And all of a sudden I became kind of like a big manager of a really, really big team. And so I've kind of been putting pause on everything and Realizing, you know, I don't need like this beautiful studio to film my segments in. I don't need this like beautiful camera right now. If I don't think I'm going to release the video episode, but I'm like literally sitting in this like dated motel by the side of the road. So if you're watching the video, like I don't have a proper studio setup right now. I'm literally just using my laptop camera and my AirPods. I don't even have my mic. Um, But I feel really called to just kind of like get back to basics right now, get back to basics with my life, get back to basics with my business because it was so overwhelmingly big. Like sometimes I think people think you grow the team and it's going to get easier, but growing the team makes it become a lot of responsibility and a lot more details than just getting back to the basics, which are yoga and coaching. And so I started doing some one-on-one work again. I started working with a client, had the most amazing session. I haven't done one-on-one work in like A long time, haven't done a lot of one on one work. So I'm really happy to be getting back into one on one coaching. So I want to do a quick episode with you on how to hold space. And this has come up because I was thinking a lot about how in high school, in university, in our everyday lives, we don't really get taught how to hold space for each other, how to hold space for each other's emotions, how to hold space for each other's stories. And so I wanted to do a quick episode to share some of the things that I've learned along the years about how to hold space for people. So when someone gets vulnerable with you, when someone shares that they're going on a sober journey, or they have this past trauma, or they have something that they want to share with you, how can we really show up and be there for someone? So there's three tricks that I want to share with you today in this quick episode about how to hold space. And the first thing is, the first skill for holding space is to try to create a space that creates a sense of trust and intimacy. So this can be in your relationships. This can be in your friendships. This can be in your intimate relationship. This might be like you're a coach or you work one on one with people. And these are some skills on how to create a safe space. So when you're listening for someone, when you're showing up for someone, you want to be centered and you want to be able to fully focus on whoever is Talking to you or sharing with you or being vulnerable. So, if you have your phone handy, if someone's listening, you don't want to be distracted by looking at your phone. So, you want to put your phone to the side, put your phone away. If, for example, you have to check your phone because of something that's going on, some important message that you want to, you need to reach or you need to share, or you need to connect with someone, I always like to just tell the person that I'm sitting with, like, hey, sorry, I have to check my phone because I have this message coming in, but just kind of making the person aware, like, you know, I am focused on you. I just have this other thing that I have to deal with and then I'm going to shift the focus back to you. And then that way, it won't seem like you're distracted. I think helping people become present. So when I'm facilitating a sober girls yoga program, I will often help people get centered through a meditation. I think providing a space of non-judgment Acceptance and understanding is really, really important. So in the circle setting, we set some rules that we don't gossip, we don't judge. In our real life, it's really important that we're not gossipy people. And the reason why is because when we're gossiping about other people behind our back, it immediately creates that warning sign of this is not a safe space and I can't trust you. Even if it's not something you're conscious of, right? If you notice that one of your friends is always gossiping, then you're going to feel like you can't share with them because they're going to gossip about your story. And I think that kind of circles into the next thing, which is just honoring people's privacy. So when you are facilitating a sober girls yoga program, um, of course, it's always private, but especially with friends, when friends are being vulnerable and sharing with you, just telling them like, look, whatever you share with me, it's not going to be repeated. And I think that's a way that you can create a safe space with someone to open up. So these are all some ways that you can really create a safe space as a person, whether it's in your relationship, in your friendships, if you're actually a coach or a facilitator. And I think one of the most important things is that we don't just say something is a safe space. Like we don't just have a safe space sign on the door. We're actually taking action to embody that safe space. So someone feels it. You don't even have to tell someone this is a safe space. They should be able to feel that it's a safe space. The second strategy that I want to share about holding space is managing the fixer, and this is something that I learned when I did my first life coach certification, and I have a favorite quote. It's by Parker J. Palmer, part of The Gift of Presence, The Perils of Advice, and he says, here's the deal. The human soul does not want to be advised or fixed or saved. It simply wants to be witnessed. It wants to be seen. It wants to be heard. It wants to be companioned exactly as it is. When we make that kind of deep vow to the soul of a suffering person, our respect reinforces the soul's healing resources, which are the only resources that can help the sufferer make it through. So I think one of the biggest issues in our society is that when people share their problems with us, we think that they're coming to us for solutions. We think that they want us to fix their issue. And the thing is, every single person has wisdom and life experience because we've all lived our lives and we've all gotten wisdom and experience from that. However, when people are coming to us to share our problems, they're usually not looking for a solution to fix the issue. And I think we too quickly jump into that fixer mode, and a way that we might fix the problem is giving advice, telling someone what they should do. But unwanted advice can be really frustrating. And I think our goal as coaches, but also as friends and as partners is to empower people to come up with their own answers and their own solutions to their problems. Because the truth is that we all have a solution deep within us. And this is going to help us feel confident in ourselves and respect that there's an inner guru within each of us. So here's some examples of how someone who's trying to fix the problem might um, try to fix the problem, whereas how someone who is empowering someone to solve the problem might help them come up with their own answers. So one example might be if someone is expressing that they're really stressed out, the fixer might say, have you thought about trying yoga? Whereas a coach or an empowering person might say, what solutions have you thought of? To help with your stress? And which of these do you like the best? And what steps do you want to take to get towards those solutions? I think sometimes when we are interacting with people, sometimes there is like a burning insight that we really want to share. And I think what we should do when this comes up is first allow people to come up with their own ideas, their own solutions, hold space for them. And after they've run out of ideas and they're really stuck, you might say, you know, I have this idea that I'm thinking about sharing. Does this resonate with you? And also always asking people, are you open to hearing my advice? Because that way then people are opting in and they're choosing to receive your advice. What I've found is that almost 95% of the time, the person will come up with ideas on their own and they're not going to need our advice. The third suggestion I have for holding space is trying to listen without an agenda. So I have another quote that I want to share. It's Margaret J. Wheatley. She says, listening is such a simple act. It requires us to be present and that takes practice, but we don't have to do anything else. We don't have to advise, coach, or sound wise. We just have to be willing to sit there and listen. The reality is that very few people feel heard and listened to. And the greatest gift that we can give people is actually listen and hear what they're saying. When someone chooses to be vulnerable with us and share their story, we're here to receive it. We're not there to interpret it or judge it or interrupt with our own thoughts and solutions. And being fully present means that we have to let go of our own agendas. We have to put our full attention on the speaker. We have to hear what they want. And we don't wanna force our feelings, our judgments, our opinions on the speaker. And just remember that each person has their own thoughts and feelings that are very real to them. So these are my three different strategies for holding space for someone. These are three silent skills that I learned as a life coach, but they can apply to any of our relationships outside of coaching, outside of yoga teaching. They can apply to our friendships, our romantic relationships, even our relationships with our family. And they are, number one, creating a safe space. Number two, managing the fixer in us. And then number three, listening without an agenda. If you are curious about learning more, if you've listened to this episode and it's like really piquing your interest and you want to learn more with me, I actually get pretty deep into this in two of my upcoming programs. So I have a 200 hour yoga teacher training for Sober Girls Yoga starting this summer. Group A for North Americans starts on July 10th and group B for Europeans starts on July 30th. And this program is the first of its kind. It's only for sober women. It is going to have a focus on facilitating yoga circles and yoga classes specifically for sober women. And so it is based in the chakras and it's going to include yoga teaching techniques, meditation, facilitation, and the skills to hold women's circles. And you're going to walk away from this course as a registered yoga teacher with the Yoga Alliance, able to run recovery focused yoga classes and also general yoga classes in your community. So this program fully normally fills up. It is a five-month program, three hours a week on Zoom. Group A starts on July 10th. Group B starts on July 30th. And if this is calling you, this is the last time that I'm going to offer an online yoga teacher training until 2023. So if you want to get in this program, if you want to become a yoga teacher by the end of 2022, do not miss it. Now, the next program I have is a 30 hour sober girls yoga teacher training and group A starts on July 12th. That is for North Americans. Group B starts on July 31st. And that is for UK slash Australia, Asia. And if you are someone who is already a yoga teacher and you're looking to learn how to lead yoga classes specifically for sober women, maybe you're a sober coach who wants to add meditations into your offerings. Maybe you're a sober leader looking to add sober circles into your community. I invite you to join us for the 30-hour Sober Girls Yoga Teacher Training. And this course is perfect for you if you're not quite ready or have the space and time for the 200-hour training. But you do want to get a little taste of the Sober Girls Yoga YTT experience. So check that out. And then the third thing I want to share is if you're not ready for yoga teacher training, you don't want to do the 200-hour, you don't want to do the 30-hour, I also have a 30- and 60-day Sober Girls Yoga Challenge. And this is for you if you're in early sobriety or early yoga and you are trying to stay sober for a month or two months and wanna start a yoga practice. So in this program, we meet once a week for a check-in, we do a daily yoga practice, and we have lots of live Zoom yoga options and also on-demand yoga every day. So that's kind of an overview of the three big programs I have coming up this summer. I'm gonna put links to all of that in the episode description in case you are curious about learning more and you want to check out my offerings the link is going to be in the episode description to check anything out. Okay, that is it. That is the end of today's episode. I wanna thank you so much for tuning in. And if you have any questions for me, any curiosity, make sure you hop in the Sober Girls Yoga Facebook group and shoot me a DM and we will chat soon. All right, have a beautiful week. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sober Yoga Girl podcast. This community wouldn't exist without you here, so thank you. It would be massively helpful if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast so it can reach more people. If we haven't met yet in real life, please come get your one-week free trial of the Sober Girls Yoga membership and see what we're all about. Sending you love and light wherever you are in the world.